For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Talk Recorded live. Good evening, and God bless everyone that's joining us here on uh, the Truth Throne Bible Study, via online and conference call. We thank each of you uh, for connecting with us and joining us in this endeavor to uh, proclaim the truth, the truth, biblical truth, uh, something so that we can uh, become all that we're destined to become. Uh, let's begin with prayer. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your loving kindness and your tender mercy. And now, God, we ask you to open our eyes to see our ears to hear, our minds to comprehend, and our hearts to receive what it is your spirit to saying to us, your church. We ask this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. Once again, thank you for joining us. This is uh, just our second broadcast uh, of the year, 2015, and uh, we are excited for uh, what the Lord is doing. Um, with us, through us, in us. Um, this is an exciting time. Uh, we're going to begin today talking about life, love, and marriage. Life, love, and marriage. And uh, this will be probably two or three weeks uh, series, perhaps more, but that maybe I'll have time for. Um, that's what we're dealing with. Life, love, and marriage. I do, I did, I'm done. We're going to cover all of those aspects dealing with marriage. Uh, it's time to be real about something. Sometimes we can be so, uh, we just, I don't know, just, uh, just naive uh, about life um, and going through life as though real challenges don't bother us or somehow things are just going to work out. But the reality is, Many people have real challenges, real questions, and they're really searching for their way, especially in the areas of relationship. Um, uh, it's complicated. It's not easy. There are no easy answers. I'm not here as though I have all the answers. I don't have all the answers. Um, but we want to, you know, get through this uh, together. And uh, I mentioned once, one time before that I'm always sort of reluctant to talk about relationships and marriage. Uh, and here's why. Because I'm married. And and I don't ever want it to appear as though I'm some sort of authority on, on the stuff. You know, I'm, I'm I'm trying to make my marriage be all that it can be. Um, uh, and so that's one reason why I don't necessarily uh, do a lot of uh, uh, you know, workshops and seminars at that time. Not that it's not needed, but the mere fact that I'm in this struggle, too, trying to make my marriage work, uh, trying to make my family work. And so, uh, but we're going to, you know, get through this and talk about it, life, love, and marriage. Um, where, where should I start? All of us as human beings, we seek relationships. Uh, we seek to be understood. We want to be heard. Um, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. For a person to want uh, companionship, 
to want someone uh, to express themselves with, want someone to walk through life with. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Don't let anyone tell you uh, that's something crazy or you're worldly uh, because uh, you want a relationship. That's how God created us. He created us male and female. Um, in Genesis, you find that God always intended that both male and female work together as a team. Um, when you look at just the physiology of male and female, uh, it's just casual observation tells us that we're compatible. We're different in some areas, but compatible. And our differences fit. Our differences are there uh, so that we can fulfill our purpose on this earth, which is to be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, have dominion, and, and subdue it. And when we talk about be fruitful and multiply, we're not just talking about procreation, having a whole lot of children. That's just a part of it. Um, but it's not the whole thing that's being said there. So the unique difference is the compatibility of the male and female make it possible for human life to even continue. Um, that's why, well, I won't go off into that. I have too much to do. The compatibility of the male and female makes it possible that life on this earth, our human experience, um, goes on. It, it makes it possible that, that we flourish. And even when you see this in the animal kingdom, even at the most basic primitive stage, we find a male-female unit that knows that together, that they're, they're more powerful together, that even their uh, a species, um, the longevity of their species, hinges on the male-female understanding each other and um, complementing one another, even in the animal kingdom, not talking about the higher species of mankind, but even in the animal kingdom, at its most primitive state, you will find it. All right? So security and posterity of life for both animals and humans depend, again, on the compatibility of male-female. So it's important. So it's not strange when... Um, we reach a certain age, we have an interest towards one of the opposite. It's natural. That's the way it should be. But we'll we, we go a little deeper with it and talk about relationships and, of course, relationships leading to marriage. I grew up in the old school, very old school. And um, you know, I, I was taught that um, relationships should be leading and leading toward marriage. Um, even though many people didn't do that. Of course, many people didn't do that. Many people don't do that. But that's what we taught it before, to be leaning or leading toward marriage, not to be going through relationships every week. I, I mean, um, you know, it, 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 people's emotions are very powerful, and they shouldn't be, um, you shouldn't play with people's emotions when it comes to relationships. All right. So that's the way I'm, I'm, I'm channeling this, this lesson, leaning and leading toward marriage. I'm not into just trying to make sure you have a good relationship with your boyfriend or girlfriend. That's fine. Courting, dating, seeing each other. However you term it these days, um, I believe the Christian way is to, to be leaning and leading toward marriage. Okay? And so that's kind of how I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to leave this message, this, this lesson here. That being said, how do you prepare for marriage? How do you prepare for marriage? How do you prepare for marriage? Number one, you have to know yourself. Before you start seeking to know someone else, you have to know yourself. Learn who you are. Learn what you like, what you don't like. Learn how to express yourself. Learn how to defend yourself. Learn how to explain yourself. Know yourself first. Know yourself emotionally. You know, you have a lot of grown people, good and grown, rusty, my grandmother used to say, that are emotionally immature. Burning by emotionally immature. Because 
I want to say this very well, but very clear. Emotional immaturity means that you don't know your own emotions and you're letting your emotions guide you. And one of the things you must know about your emotions is that they're fickle. Anything can manipulate your emotions. You can go through a range of emotions within a day. You know, even just looking at a movie, not even a blockbuster movie, world lifetime movie, you can go through a range of emotions. You can get angry with the characters, uh, and then you, so, uh, you empathize with them, you cry, you laugh. All do a one-and-a-half-hour movie. You just went through a range of emotions. And some people don't know how to separate their emotions from reality. Here's what I mean. If, if you're a person that don't know your emotions, if you're a person that don't know how to harness your emotions, you can really make yourself believe that you love somebody. Yes, you can. You, you, you can make yourself believe that you really have this uh, uh, affection and infatuation with this person to the degree that you're ready to, uh, to, 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 to start a relationship or, or think you're even deceive yourself in the thinking that you're in a relationship, and it's just your endorphins in your brain talking to you. It's feel-good um, chemicals in your brain. Uh, that's, you know, and, and that's all it is. That's really all it is. But if you're not emotionally mature, you're going to think that a person that you really just have what's called a crush with, you're thinking that you're in love and in a relationship. That's what I mean about uh, being emotionally Mature, and that could be very, very dangerous. This uh, month of February, uh, Lovers Month, uh, Valentine's, you'd be surprised how a $3 card, not even a Hallmark card, from the Dollar General store, is going to have people crazy to think they're in love. Why should I tell you? Because they're not emotionally. Mature, and I'm not talking about teenagers. I'm talking about 20, 30, 40, 40 year old people. Most of the degrees don't have a handle on those emotions. So, how do you prepare for marriage? Protect your emotions. Be emotionally mature so when the right one comes, you'll be able to have a distinction about what you're feeling toward them. Right? But if you don't fell in love with 13 people over the last years, I mean, wow, how do you know when the unique person comes, you're emotionally exhausted by the time the right one show up? I remember about seven years ago uh, in one of my psychology classes dealing with relationships that those who go through a breakup or divorce have the same emotion and the same grieving cycle as someone who passed away. Okay. Now, you have people that never get to the altar but have experienced the breakup so many times in their life. Do you know how emotionally exhausted that is? Wow. I mean, seven times you went through this, this heartbreak, these weeks of not eating, not talking, you know. Wow, you, you know, so protect your emotions. I don't want to spend too much time on that. But absolutely, you need to be emotionally mature. You need, you need to be intellectually ready for marriage. How do you prepare for marriage? Intellectually. Read material about relationships and marriage, about womanhood, about manhood, family, finance. Uh, and we'll do with finance in just a little bit. Be intellectually ready. Make sure you not only have matured emotions, make sure you have a matured mind. Make sure that your mind works independently of someone else and interdependent. You know, be able to be autonomous, think on your own, make decisions on your own, and also be willing to uh, dialogue with someone else because you're going to need to do that uh, in a relationship. Right, don't, just, don't just give up your ability to think. Don't give up your autonomy uh, just because you're in a relationship and now you don't need to think for yourself. Get the other person do all the thinking, making all the decisions, and all that. No, learn how to think uh, for yourself. Be intellectually prepared. Because once you come into a relationship with someone, that's just a whole other 
uh, especially Mimi and Lily and in a marriage, yes, um, you need your brain, you need your mind. How many people, if they just really stop and, and, and think that if they would have stopped and thought about what they were doing to the person they were with, how much heartache they could have saved themselves, how much money they could have saved. But at the time, you just thought that this person was the world. I mean, you just trick yourself into believing that you cannot live without this person. And now that they're going out of your life, some of you glad they go, all right? So how do you prepare for marriage emotionally, intellectually, <clears throat> financially? Heard the saying I was very young. Romance without finance is a nuisance. Very true. It takes it, especially leaning and leading toward marriage, establishing a family. It takes money. It does. It takes money. It takes money to get into a house. It takes money to run a house. It takes money to, to just live. Um, how is it that sometimes uh, a super can just leave entirely on a car? To just throw your whole budget off months. But if you have not prepared yourself financially, okay, um, the anything can just offset your budget. And so that's why you have to prepare yourself financially. Learn, learn to save, learn the systems of money. Um, that's one thing in the black community that we don't get a lot of teaching on the system. Of money. It's more than money just putting it in a bank. You need to learn how to employ your money, make your money work for you. These are many lessons that many of us struggle to get um, and have to struggle to learn. Okay? So hear me. Please hear me. Be prepared financially. Love is not enough to run a house. Okay? Um, this month, February 14th, uh, I'll be married 17 years, my wife. Um, and I can tell you, we can tell you, we love each other very, very much. Love don't pay bills. All right? You're going to need to know the system of money. Be prepared financially. All right? Of course, be prepared spiritually. And you can't do this without guidance from God. It's a heavy responsibility running a family, being a part of a family. When, when you're responsible for one another. Uh, that's a heavy responsibility. You're going to need spiritual guidance. You're going to need um, higher power, higher being to guide you, um, to, to show you things, to help you to discern different things, motives, attitudes. Uh, sometimes you can't put your finger on something. You need to know how to pray and see things beyond um, just the physical. So you, you need to be spiritually prepared to get married. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. I'm not saying that as a preacher or missionary, but you must be spiritually prepared because you're coming into a covenant wherein you are responsible for this person who's going to be your spouse. As a man, you're responsible to, to this woman, and, and uh, a woman, you're responsible to this man. All right? And, and, and you're going to need to be prepared spiritually for the things that's happening in the world but, you know, the enemy takes everyone, and he would love to see every one of you. He would he loves to steal, kill, and destroy, as the Bible said in John 10. That's, just, that, that's how he operates. And so he's not happy when you find happiness. He's going to try to take your happiness. He's going to try to do everything he can to make sure that your relationship don't work. He'll attack in any way. He will use anybody. He will even use you against your own uh, marriage. Okay? He will use you against your own relationship, and you don't even know it. Okay? How is it sometimes we say we love this person, but we get into these heated arguments and, or, or so upset with the person until at, at the heat of the moment, you really hate them. And really could do them harm. Sometimes people have to do that. All right? So you need to be prepared Spiritually, okay, you need to be able to prepare yourself spiritually in order to be married. How else do you prepare for marriage? 
Okay, you talked about emotionally, intellectually, financially. Let me go back to this emotional uh, just for a moment and, and try for just a minute. But don't get involved with an emotionally unstable person. That's the worst thing you can do. Do not get involved with an emotionally unstable person. You would not have peace. All right? Uh, don't get so involved with uh, – now I know there's mental illnesses out there, and I'm not, you know, trying to slight anyone. Um, but but you know what I'm saying. These suicidal people, you know, they're coffee, this uh, emotional extremes, um, compulsive behaviors. You just don't know what to expect out of them. Make sure you distance yourself from them people because once you get into a relationship, a marriage with this person, wow. Okay? And please, and we'll talk about this a little later, maybe not in this lesson tonight, but be truthful to yourself and be truthful to the one that you get into a relationship with. Be honest about who you are. All right? Now, we've got to get to the point about trust, which we'll, we'll get into that in just a little bit. But be honest. You know, the Bible says in Genesis chapter 2, when God brought the woman to the band, and uh, Adam said, he said, this is born of my bone, flesh and my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken from man. Uh, and then the Bible says, and they were both naked and not ashamed. You need to be able to be naked before uh, your potential wife or husband. And I'm not talking physical. You know I'm not talking physical, all right? You still say you amen. But you need to be emotionally and, and, and transparent before one another and not ashamed of who each other is and not ashamed of each other's um, um, experiences in life. You understand what I'm saying? You need to be able to stand before each other naked and not ashamed. If you can't do that, that's not the one for you. If you can't do that, stop where you are. Let's learn each other a little more, and then let's pursue this relationship uh, or a marriage uh, later. But if you can't stand before each other naked and unashamed of who the other person is, then don't pursue the relationship. I hope that's I hope that's making sense. I hope that's making sense. How how much stuff we hide purposely from potential mates so we can get them. Well, you really haven't thought that through because once you the part of yourself is revealed, they may totally reject you. And you're still left without that person. So reveal yourself. Cautiously, slowly, deliberately, but reveal yourself. And for a person who has been hurt in their life, have a lot of pain, a lot of baggage, it's tough. Okay? And we'll get to this trust part. It's tough. But don't, don't deprive that individual you're in a relationship with. Don't deprive them the opportunity and honor to know you. You cannot have a, a meaningful relationship hiding who you are. Reveal yourself. Okay? There's so much more we can say about that. Um, but, but reveal yourself. Okay? Last part I want to deal with how to prepare yourself for marriage emotionally, intellectually, financially, spiritually, physically prepare yourself for marriage. Physically. Um, and I'm, I'm not going to go in too deep with that. But, yes, make sure that your temple, your body is optimal because you yourself are, are the greatest gift to yourself. Not the honeymoon. It's not the four-bedroom house. It's not the new car. No, you are the greatest gift to yourself. So take care of yourself. Okay? And reveal that to you. If you have an issue going on, tell them. Uh, sisters, if, if you know something's going on in your body, doctors may not be able to have children, let them know that, okay? But I don't want to get too far with that. Take care of, of yourself. Eat right, uh, exercise, go to the doctor, do your doctor's visit, do what's right. Take care of yourself physically, physically. All right, to prepare for marriage. Marriage is supposed 
uh, it's a lifelong process. It's going to take a lifetime to experience all that a man has to offer. Make sure that your body is in, is in, a, is in a condition to handle the ups and downs of marriage, joys and challenges of marriage. Make sure that your body is able to handle it. All right, so prepare yourself physically. Challenge each other to keep your physical body up. Okay? All right. Um, I could go deep with that. Maybe I will a little later on. All right, so how do you prepare for marriage? Emotionally, intellectually, financially, spiritually, and physically. That's how you prepare for a marriage. All right? Um, now let's back up a little bit and talk about the relationship that leads into a marriage. What are the ingredients of a relationship? What does it take to have a relationship that's leaning and leading toward marriage? What does it take? First of all, I believe it takes, we're going to say first of all, but I would like to say usually I, I, I list this particular item, and that is trust. To have a relationship, it takes trust. Trust is simply just to have faith in that individual. Trust. It takes trust. Believing in that person. Believing in them. It takes trust. In my humble opinion, it is trust that is the foundation of any relationship. If you don't trust that individual, it's really not worth you going through all the trouble of accumulating a life together when you don't trust them. It takes trust. Second thing it takes is respect. The greatest relationship, trust, and respect. And I want to read something about this respect. Let's go to our first Peter chapter three. Because when we talk about respect, what I'm talking about is, is, is essentially honor, as Peter puts it. Um, what did I say? First Peter chapter three. And for me, that if any, any marriage seminar you heard it, Let, let's read this. I'm going to read this from uh, American Standard Version. In like manner, you wives be in subjection to your own husband. And in the American Standard Version, it says to the one husband. Wow, wow. That even if any obey not in word, they may without the word be gained by the behavior of their wives. Now, I'm going to get to this honor in just a little bit, but let me, let me talk about this just a little bit since you're all talking about marriage also. What the scripture says is that if you're married to an, an unbeliever, the apostle here is saying if you're married to an unbeliever, you can live your life in such a way that even if they never come to church with you, if they never listen to your teaching, Noah Jones, um, Paula White, uh, whoever your favorite, you know, or whatever, if they never listen to that, the Bible says that with your life, in the King James Version says conversation, by your lifestyle, you can win them. Not by how much you shout. Come on. Not how, how much you sing, speak in tongues, and act out weird. No, with your lifestyle, how you treat them how you treat others, that's what the Bible says. You can win uh, your husband into the faith. Uh, beholding your chaste behavior coupled with fear. And then it talks about who's adorning, let it not be the outward adorning of the braiding of the hair and the wearing jewels of gold or putting on apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart in the incorruptible apparel of a meek and quiet spirit. Now, this is one of the uh, scriptures that was misused in the Reformation I came up in, to, to teach that women couldn't wear jewelry. You know, go to scripture like this, this, uh, not with uh, braided hair. I mean, they had the problem with braiding hair. Um, couldn't wear earrings, necklaces, nothing, and they'll point the scripture out. That's not, what, that's not what the Bible is saying. What the Bible is saying is that don't be so focused on your outward apparel and miss the main thing, which is a meek and quiet spirit, a meek and quiet attitude. Because if you ever understand St. Beauty's uh, beauty and skin deep, 
but even if you have an ugly attitude, you're ugly. I don't got to you look on the outside. If you have a nasty attitude, that just turns people off. That's all the apostles are saying. Sisters, okay, I'm a man, so I, I'm not being bashing, but I don't think like a woman. Okay, I'm a man, so I think like a man. I interpret life as a man. Um, but, but but listen, a meek and quiet spirit. It doesn't mean that 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 you're weak. It doesn't mean uh, that you shouldn't speak up and defend yourself. But it's something about the grace that femininity brings. Oh my! There's nothing more beautiful than a feminine woman. But to me, the most attractive thing about women is their femininity. Yeah, and part of the mystique of the woman is how she both veils and reveals her femininity almost at the same time. Wow, that's what's beautiful. And he's saying here, uh, what's your attitude? Meek and almost quite big. It's the way you, you behave yourself. It's the way you walk, talk. When he said that, okay, I wish I had time to get into that because a real man, that's what is attractive to a real man, and that's how you keep a real man. It's one of your attitude. It's not all the, it's not all the freakish things, all right, um, and, and essential things. That's just a part of it. But uh, a real man, what's going to keep a real man is how he's approached and how you handle him, okay? We'll deal with that. Go on, because I haven't got to this honor piece. Go to verse 7. No, I have to read all this. Verse 5. For after this manner, talking about that meek and quiet spirit, the holy women also who hoped in God adorned or decorated themselves, being in subjection to their own husbands. I don't know why it's so hard to teach about submission. Well, I do know why it's so hard. But uh, this term subjection and, and submission is not a, a, a rough term. It's a term of honor. And the reason why the scriptures ask uh, the wife to submit to the husband, listen, you wouldn't have to submit if you was already beneath the man. It's not that. God doesn't see the woman as being beneath the man. No, it's not that. It's just for the relationship to work and to have a sense of structure and order. Someone has to be the responsible head, I would say boss, the responsible protector, the responsible one. And God has chosen a male man to be that. And so because you're both made in his image after his likeness, okay, and there's no difference between you and the spirit, God asks the woman to submit. That's all. Take the Lord's seat. Let him protect you. Let him guide you. That's all it means. All right? But this Christ is this principle he, he, he's pointing out was so powerful that women like Sarah obeyed her husband Abraham, calling him Lord. That's in the Bible. I'm going to skip over that because I feel you. Number seven, you husbands in like manner. In other words, in the same way that I'm asking the uh, wives to treat the husband, in like manner, husbands dwell or live with your wives according to knowledge, giving honor unto the woman as a booth of essence. Okay? Respect. What are the ingredients in a relationship? Trust, respect, honor. If you can't honor him, okay, and if he can't honor and respect you, it'll never work. It'll never work. How, how are you going to be in a relationship with someone, marriage someone, that don't honor you and respect you, that don't treat you, that treat you all kinds of ways? I mean, people don't even know that. You're married by the way you treat him or she treats you. It should be difficult for a husband and wife to have an argument in public. Because you honor one another so much that you don't want any outsider taking any negative thoughts about your spouse. Now, you know something? That's good right there. That's good. Okay? You should honor one another so much that you don't want outsiders to think negatively about the person 
that you can't let you show all you anything merited. Mm-hmm. But how many times we get upset with our our spouse? Because if we go to someone from the outside and just dog them out, and they help us dog them out, I wouldn't take that at all. I don't know who that is. What, really? No. What's going to make this relationship work is honor, respect. And you give honor, husband to your wife. Okay, and it might wise, honor and reverence your husband. Okay? And this verse goes on to say that your prayers don't be hindered. You know what's upsetting? It is upsetting to see and know that there are ministers of the gospel, people in the Christian community, Christian leaders, who look well on the outside, but their marriage is in shambles on the rock, living in separate bedrooms, some of them in separate houses. But you know what the Bible says? If you don't honor one another, and if your marriage is not right, your prayers can be hindered. How are you ministering to folks when your marriage is not right? I'm not going to go there tonight. Somebody needs to go there, but I'm not going to go there tonight. The criteria for ministry is your family. It has been, it is, it will be. All right? I don't know what kind of criteria we're looking for nowadays, but we see ministry marriages, you know, just all messed up. Okay. So the good of the relationship is trust, respect, honor. Now I'm going to get to love. Amazing, I did not list love first because you. Our older generation sometimes have, have taught us, showed us, that you can have a good marriage without love. Affection, that good old oogie oogie feeling stuff. But somehow uh, they stayed married for the children, stayed married for whatever reason. I'm not saying that's what you need to do. Love is an ingredient, but I believe that the trust factor is the foundation of it. Okay. Uh, now let's get to the love part. Love is affection and commitment. Um, Ephesians chapter 5, 25. Okay, I have to go kind of fast. Some of the time is getting away from me. Okay, 5, 25. So let's start at 22. Why submit yourself to your own husband as unto the Lord? For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Okay, now, in the women's liberation movement, spiritual movement, they don't like these verses. All right? Okay, but let the Bible go on. Okay? Let's go on. Husbands love their wives, even as Christ also loved the church. And listen, here's the reason why you should submit and should be glad to submit and follow this person, because he gave his life for it. Don't get in relationships, sisters, with anybody who's not willing to give their life for you. It's easy to submit someone who will give their life for you. I know we're talking about just take a bullet for you. Yes, it should be willing to take a bullet for you, you know, also, but give their life for you. In other words, their life is invested for your benefit. Everything they do, they do it for you. It's easy to submit to somebody like that. Brother, make sure that you find the one that you're willing to invest your life in, that everything you do, everything that you're accomplishing, you're accomplishing it for your queen. You're pursuing this degree for your queen. Okay? You're applying for this promotion, this position, new position on your job because you're going to bring in more money for your queen. Okay? Everything you do, you're giving your life for her. That's what Christ did for the church, and that's what the husband needs to do for his wife. Give your life for her. And when she sees you giving your life for her, dude, she will submit. You hear what I say? Yes, she will. They can be the most liberal, feminist woman ever. But for somebody that gives their life for her, 
Oh, man, she'll bring it all the way down. From, yes, she will. Okay, I ain't offended. She is. You give your life for her, she'll bring it down. Yes, she will. I hope you hear that. I hope I'm helping something. I really am. All right. So the ingredients of the relationship, trust, respect, love. And, and the love I'm talking about is affection and commitment to the degree that, that, that you give your life. All right? What else it takes in a relationship? The ingredients of the relationship, time. It takes time. It gives you some time. You be willing to grow together. It takes time. Also, good intentions. You can go with trust. Good intentions. Don't get involved with someone that you don't really don't know their intentions toward you. You don't know their intentions toward you are pure. I, I, I cringe and I really hate dealing with and, and listening to individuals say that they're involved with relationships and they really can't trust the person. You've got to live with somebody, sleep with somebody you don't trust. Even you give your body somebody that you really not just don't trust, can't trust, they've proven that they're untrustworthy. Oh, man, that's, that's deep. Make sure you get involved with somebody that you know they have good intentions toward you. It's hard to live with somebody and you don't know if they out to get you or not, all right? Hook up with somebody with good intentions, okay? But here's something else. I believe the church, well, just let me say it. Make what's the ingredients of relationship attraction. What I mean by uh, attraction, common interest, intellectual compatibility, and physical attraction. Yeah, I said it. Yeah, that's right. You ain't going to go far without some chemistry. There's not much going to be happening if you're not attracted physically. But, but along with that, we'll get back to that. It's common interest. Um, we've heard the saying opposites attract. That works in chemistry. That works with ions and negative and positive charges and all that. In real life, I don't really know about that. Um, I think the differences should compensate for one another. But if your differences don't compensate, you're going to have problems. Okay? You need some common interest. Okay? If, if, for instance, you want, uh, as a man, you may want a lot of children, so you may not want any children. Okay? You're going to have a problem like that. Okay? What's, what's the commonality? Um, you're outdoors and she's not. Um, and because she's not, she, she, the reason why she don't like outdoors is because she got so many allergies. Well, you are outdoor free. You go outside all the time. You need to learn how to compromise. Some some common interest. Another common interest that I, I need to bring about is spiritual compatibility. Paul said to one of his letters, don't be yoked with unbelievers. And that spiritual compatibility is a big part. It's a big part. Don't purposefully get involved with someone who's not saved to have no interest in salvation in God or anything. You, you're asking for a hard time. But even in that, I'm not saying, oh, well, you need compatibility. You need compatibility, common issues. Um, intellectual compatibility. Um, uh, and I'm not just saying that, sisters, you got a master's degree, so he's got to have a master's degree, or vice versa. Uh, but Compatibility, you need to be able to hold conversations and understand one another, to be able to express one another, have conversations. That's what I'm talking about, intellectual compatibility. I have seen some cases wherein uh, one of the parties, uh, in this case a woman, went back to school, and the husband really don't like the idea because she's becoming someone different. She's learning more. She's being more exposed. To things, and basically, if you just stuck living at the farm, what else you going to talk about? That's what I mean. And on all this stuff, you'd be surprised how it affects 
relationship. It affects marriage. All right? And physical attraction. All this come under attraction. Common interest, intellectual compatibility, physical attraction. I remember being in a conversation on a church van. <clears throat> and, if, you know, we go around the van talking about uh, what kind of person is about a single on the van. I was married about a year or two. And, uh, you know, what kind of, you know, club you on? Oh, yeah, they got to be anointed, you know, somebody in the church, in the Lord, read the Bible, no scripture. I think so, all kind of crazy stuff. I mean, I was sitting there, like, not saying anything, like, really? Really? Yeah, she got to be the same, like, mother so 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 I'm like, I'm just quiet. I'm like, no, people don't ask me. But what, um, how are you and Sister Black yet? I said, well, you know, I did give them a little stuff out of that, but I'm honestly here to tell you, when I first saw Virginia, I wasn't thinking about, you know, as, you know, so is a mother in Zion. She did not look like a mother in Zion when I first saw her. I wasn't thinking about that. She was in the church. All right, she was a church girl, but um, she had her stuff together. Yeah, I said it. Yeah, she looks good. That's what attracted me to her then. That's what attracted me to her now. She looks good. Without that, it's hard to have a relationship, church. I don't care what they tell you. But you need to know what you're attracted to. Okay? And you need to, I won't say this. Yeah. I won't say this. And you're not going to tell you anything about that. Let me tell you, well, for me, it was about that. That's my testimony. I needed what I was attracted to. Okay? And the Lord has provided, thank the Lord. Let me get off that. I kind of. A cold draft in here, but it's, it's true. It's true. Because the way we're made, we're made to have attraction. Okay? And if you marry somebody to have, don't, don't even want people to touch you, I hear that too. I don't even want him touching me. What you got married for? You know what I'm saying? Um, so, yeah, yeah. yeah that, that is important. And keep yourself presentable after you get married that you will keep that you keep that attraction because God God made sex to be a bonding interaction. Y- y'all think God don't know the mechanics of sex? He absolutely does. He created the body. He made everything, and He created sex to be the bonding interaction between a man and a woman. These two shall be one flesh. Okay, think about the physiology. That's what's happening. All right. So we're supposed to enjoy one another in a marital bed. Uh, Hebrews uh, 12, excuse me, Hebrews 13. Marriage is honorable in all. Hebrews 13 and 4. Marriage is honorable in all and the bed undefiled. You're supposed to enjoy the marital bed. Prepare yourself to enjoy and be enjoyed. Okay, some of y'all, uh, I can't say you're looking at the strings. Maybe you are if you've logged on. But you need to read Song of Solomon. Sometime in Jesus' name. I don't care what theologian tell you that that book is about Christ and the love of his church. No, it's not. No, no, no. That book is full of Hebrew and semantic euphemisms that's just like, yeah, that. You need to read that sometime. How to enjoy your spouse. Physically. No, maybe I shouldn't dwell on it too much. Well, this is true. This, this is true. And it's one thing that's killing the church, okay, because we try to make it something else so spiritual and we're almost Gnostic. No one is going to do with um, the, 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 the physicality of marriage. Okay? I mean, that's not all it is. But, brother, it is a blessing. Sister, it is a blessing. All right, and all the mad folks should be able to say amen. It is a blessing. So what are the ingredients of relationship? Trust, respect, love, commitment, time, and attraction. Those are ingredients of a relationship. You have those, you have those in order, you have those balanced, all right? You can have a good, healthy relationship leading, leading toward marriage. Um, actually, right now, I, I need to revisit this and, and kind of go deeper uh, with this. 
But let me cover one other thing before my time is completely out. Um, let me list some people to stay away from. You don't belong together. Here's how you know they are the one. They're not the one. Okay? If, if they don't admire your accomplishments, they're not the one. You can tell me nothing you do makes them want to praise you or applaud you. No, if they can't admire even a small thing, you know, my wife is a roll back in school. And she told me today she I took what three or four tests and you know, aced all of them. Wonderful. I need to acknowledge that. Don't let them be like, you know, like, all right, whatever. No, I can't do that. Okay? And I'm talking, you need to catch this before you get too close to the altar. If they can't admire your accomplishments, they're not the one. Listen, if, if, if you can't share your weakness with them, your vulnerabilities with them, they are not the one. Remember we talked about being naked and unashamed? This is it. Okay, if you can't be naked and unashamed with anybody, I'm talking, not talking physical so much. I'm not talking physical if you're not married. All right? But, but if you can't express your weaknesses or, or, or vulnerabilities, because they can't handle it. They're not the one. Okay? Don't let that go any further if they can't handle your weaknesses. If, if, if they don't trust your decision, especially if you're a man, if, since you're going to be the head of the responsible one, but, but if they can't trust your decision, don't let it go too far. Okay? If their goals and dreams, excuse me, if your goals and dreams don't excite them, they're not the ones. You mean they can talk about what they want to do in life and their goals and what they want to accomplish, and that's just all about them, them, them. But when you start speaking, like, you know, not excited about it, don't interject anything, no, they're not the ones. They're not the ones. One of the things that I'm always overwhelmingly disappointed in is how amazingly we are, especially in being married to selfish people. And a selfish person will cause you to not want to be married. I, I'm serious. A real selfish person will, will, will cause you to not enjoy marriage. If you marry a selfish person, I feel sorry for you. A selfish person will even want you not even enjoy getting the marriage bed. A real selfish person, because it's all about them, all about me. Even in the marriage bed, it's all about them. Once they get there, they don't care about the other. No, it's not right. Be aware of these selfish folks here. You hear what I say? All right. Here's one more thing: how you know the person is not the one if they are comfortable with people that you do not trust. Let me say that again. If they are comfortable being around people that you can't trust or you don't trust, you know that they're not the one. Because if they put you in compromising situations, a situation that makes you feel uncomfortable or vulnerable, what does that tell you about them? Do they really care for you? Will they protect you? You're telling them there's something vulnerable around this person or in this atmosphere, uh, but they secretly don't care. They keep you in that atmosphere. Please. Don't 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 get involved with that. That's how you know that they're not the one. I hope something that I said was, was a little bit helpful. Let me say a couple other things. Listen, when it comes to your spouse, either married or leading or leading toward marriage, besides God, your spouse should be the one to bring you your greatest joy. Your greatest sense of peace. From your spouse and your greatest gratification should come from your spouse. I'm saying besides God, your greatest sense of joy, peace, and gratification should just kind of should come from your spouse. Now, when children get involved, you know, you, you can understand, especially with men, you kind of take a back seat. But, but, but you should get joy, you should lack being around your spouse. 
How are you going to be in a relationship, let alone married to someone, and you don't like to be around them? I just think, damn, let me go for I don't like being around you. Oh, my. This is stuff I hear married folks say. Check that, okay? And again, about these selfish people, they only care about their own gratification. And here's something else. Learn ways how to minister to your spouse spiritually, emotionally, and physically. Make sure you minister and meet those needs spiritually, emotionally, and physically. The wife needs to do that toward the husband. The husband needs to do that toward the wife. It needs to be a constant flow and interchange of fulfilling one another spiritually, uh, emotionally, and, 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 and physically. Well, I mean spiritually, of course, you can't be God to anybody, but you know what I'm saying, uh, providing opportunities to be refreshed spiritually and all that. You know, if, you, if, if your wife says she wants to go pray, let her go. Husband, if you need that meditation time, please let them have that. That's what I mean by that. The spiritual part. And, of course, emotionally. Be able to be, this is back to that naked and unashamed, I guess I'm going to have to dedicate a whole lesson to this naked and unashamed that keeps coming back up. Make sure that you can emote in front of your spouse. What I mean is express your emotions in full in front of your spouse. If you're in pain, you lose a loved one, a close friend in your family, you need to be able to express how you feel and really feeling towards your spouse. And if you can't, I mean, and even sometimes before you get married, things will come up and if they can't handle you expressing yourself, wow. Make sure they can handle you remote in front of your spouse. They can handle your emotions. Wow, so much else could, could, could be said about that. Uh, and, and make sure that you know that that person has your best interest. All right, sometimes they need to know you better than they know themselves. They just need to look at yourself. You know what? You need to go chill out, lay down, whatever, or not talk to this person or whoever. But sometimes you need to know that. You know what's going on with yourself. And be comfortable, man. Uh, knowing about your, your your wife's body. Okay, a woman goes through so many changes. I mean, wow, you, you need to know the physiology of, of her, so things that's going on with her body. Go to some appointments with her. You know, and a lot of them want you to go. They do. I probably do. They want you to go. The mat will be. Because they want you to know and be informed of what's going on. Ask questions if you don't go. What did the doctor say? Show an interest. You know, and it's tough to come up, well, what can we do to, to fix this? You know, what do I, what can I do? You know, uh, know that. You know, you, I've, I've heard many cases of even uh, uh, to breast cancers. Uh, it was the man, the, the husband, that found the lump on his wife's body because he knew her body. To me, that's how it should be. And vice versa. Listen, my, my time is out. Wow, my time is out. I really hope something is said um, tonight, and we're going to revisit this, and it'll be part two next week. But, but today's installment was uh, before I said I did. A lot of what I dealt with is before you get too far, too close to the altar, here's some things that you need to be able to deal with and have answers for. Um, again, things like uh, how do you prepare for marriage emotionally, intellectually, financially, spiritually, and physically? What are the ingredients of relationship? Trust, respect, love commitment, time, and attraction. These are just some things that we dealt with this week. We'll deal with some more next week. Uh, next week, hopefully, a week uh, after, we'll get in depth about how to keep the marriage together. And uh, later on, we'll deal with what none of us would like to deal with, and that is, uh, as I expressed in the title, I do, I did, I'm done. What to do when you reach that, that, that place of frustration when you say, you know what? I'm tired of dealing with it. I want out. I want out. Where is the out? Should I get out? We're going to deal with that too. All right, because unfortunately, a lot of believers find themselves in, in that situation also, and so we're going to have to deal with it. All right, listen, if something was said um, that you learned from was inspired, informed, or whatever, tell somebody else, let us know. Let me know um, if anything was said. 
you have a question or anything, if you're on social media, please, you know, get some, let me know, give me the opportunity to explain or re-explain better something that was said tonight. All right? Our time is out. Please, we'll be back here next week. Uh, Same time, same information with Ustream TV and with the uh, phone conference line. Uh, Pray for us. God is opening some doors for us, uh, and we want to just prepare ourselves to, to do the Lord's work to do his will. Thank you all for supporting this two stone um, um, ministry, this teaching ministry that God is evolving. Um, pray for us. It will be the will of God. All right? We'll see you. God bless you. We'll see you next time.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.